Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and missions, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. And so let's, uh, let's go into the scriptures. You got the first one there? All right. So this is, um, let's stand up for the reading of God's word out of reverence. So this is a little, to me, this message is a little bit sobering as I was, I've been thinking about it, and, uh, but I think it's really appropriate, really uh, needed for, for right now and the, the times that we find ourselves in. So when foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? When foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? And you just think of what's happening in America right now. And for those of us that lived for a series of decades, it's, it's especially probably, it's, it's even maybe more shocking to think, what is going on? And then an appropriate question, what are we to do? What are the righteous? What is the role of the church in such times? Let's move to the next passage. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. That feels good, doesn't it? For surely you bless the righteous and you surround them with your favor as with a shield. And one more passage we're going to look at. And this is Psalms 30, verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. All right, please be seated. So back to the first one. When foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? What are we to do when we see destruction? We see things that once held us together, made us strong, and brought us together in a nation like this. And we see uh, such uh, devastation right now. And we could get into all the details, but I don't want to go too deep. But you can just look around, whether you want to talk about the open border 1.4 million people coming in, and people saying we're, we're at, at this rate, they won't even be able to contain the sovereignty of this land because it's going to be such chaos of what's coming in, undocumented. I mean, just and then and just and and you you look around and you think, is someone literally trying to destroy America? And I think it's a pretty obvious answer when you look at what's going down on our our time right now, and. Um, and, and I think for, for good reason, in the sense of if, if, you were, uh, if you were Satan and you look at a land like this that has been built, foundations built on Christian morals and values. Of course, we've always had our issues. There's always been sin. There's always been injustice in this land. But there's also been uh, an extraordinary uh, experiment for freedom that has created such blessing, such creativity, such... Um, you know, such imprint on the whole world, the standard that America's been able to, to um, uphold. And, and yet we're in a time right now where we see it contended for like, like never before. Uh, whether it is election integrity, do we even have, if we don't have, if we can't even do a just vote, if there's not integrity, do we even have a nation, right? I mean, what is happening? And we see this on so many levels. Now, we got to zoom out for a moment and go, regardless 
of what's happening to our nation, we've inherited a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So we, we don't want to ever lose your citizenship, which is in heaven. Don't get, don't get lost in the battle on earth. However, it's important to understand how do we navigate through such times? What is our role? And, and has it ever been done before? And I'm, I'm going to show you this morning. This is, I wouldn't say normal, but it's almost normal <laughs> to go through, uh, to live in a culture that's steeped in wickedness and worldliness. You look at when Jesus came to earth. They were occupied by a cruel pagan Roman empire that would have people crucified and bodies burning on the sides of the roads. Hey, we haven't got to that point in America. Praise be to God. But there's things uh, that, that people have endured, Christians have endured for centuries, persecutions and, and throughout church history. And, and, and for us, it's a little shocking because we've had it so good for so long. And now we see things are shifting and shaking. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel, who was, who was placed right in the middle of Babylon, pagan culture. And what did he do to, to keep his testimony, to keep his witness, to thrive, regardless of all the wickedness around him? Okay? Um, so what do we do when we see the decaying of our, our culture, when we see a decline of our nation? Because it's actually happening at a, a ferociously fast rate right now. And you can look at our morals. You can look at, you know, any of the reward shows and what they're trying to pull off, trying to, you know, you can look at um, just the, the filth in the, in the culture, in the, in, in the media, in the social media, and on and on and on. And you can look at the, the bloodshed of innocent babies and abortion and just, I mean, we could just go on and on and go, what, what has happened? And, and where is the Christian witness? And how do we be a light that outshines even the greatest darkness of our time? Anyone interested in that? And, but I, I want to announce to you, I feel like the Lord was speaking this to me, and, uh, and this is the part that was kind of sobering, that he was saying, you have to recognize the times. You have to see what's happening. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying, as I was pondering this, that we in America, as believers, we've lost home field advantage. We are now in a place, if you play sports, you know what I'm talking about. There's something, there's an advantage when you play at home. Actually, people love you there. <laughs> They cheer when you come out the tunnel. You come running out, and you're a hero. They cheer, you know. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, you go to a, to to the opponent's place, uh, you know, a home home base for the for the opponents, and you're an enemy. <laughs> you're, you're the you're you're going to get booed. You don't have the advantages of being at home. And I feel like literally America has shifted right now. I'm not. So, saying doomsday at all. I, I believe God can break through at any moment. For the, we're still believing for the greatest harvest, the greatest awakening. However, we need to understand the times that we're in, that we're no longer celebrated as believers. Like what was once normal, which was once a standard um, of Christianity that was respected in America. There was a time in America where Christianity was respected, and it was normal. It was even the moral standard. And now it's becoming the enemy the enemy of the state. You can see things. I could go into a lot more detail than I will this morning, but y'all, like they say, do your own research, see what's happening. Uh, but um, we can see the, these things that, that are transpiring, and, uh, and the, the masses 
might not be cheering us. I remember there was even such a deep respect for Christianity back when we went in the hood back in the day, starting in 93, around here. That would, I would come around, man, the drug dealers, they were like, oh, they would, they would change their language. They were like, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. I mean, I didn't mean to say that. I mean, they, it was just like there was a respect. And now you, you can see videos of things happening on the streets all across our land, just people cussing, like no sense of fear of God or morality or dignity. You all understand what I'm saying? And th- the times have changed, and we, we, it's best we recognize and not think, be the ostrich with our, our head in the sand. I don't know if they really do that or if that's just a saying, but <laughs> I've never seen an ostrich with a head in the sand, but they talk about it. Um, and so, uh, so it's important that you and I, as believers, as witnesses in this life, that we're not attached to the applause of the people. That we're not longing and aching to be accepted by the culture to the point where we're willing to compromise the standard of the Lord or the word of the Lord and eventually even become traitors to the Lord because really, just like the Pharisees themselves, the leaders and the teachers of the law in Jesus' day, it said that they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. What a tragedy. Those who are representing God, that means they were just using God's name, using his anointing, using the storyline of the Bible, whatever, to just work it for their own selfish gain. Controlling people, doing all this stuff in the name of the Lord, but all they really wanted was to be famous on earth. If you want to be famous on earth, you're selling yourself short. I'll tell you straight up right now. It might happen, might not. That's God's business. But you should be... You should be um, Longing to be known in heaven, to be one of those stars that many, those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars. Have you led many to righteousness or have you been all about you? At some point, we got to get beyond ourselves and say, Lord, here's my life. Here's my loaves and fishes. How can I lead many to righteousness? How can I be a discipler? How can I change lives? How can I sow into people? Yeah, we have seasons where we just feel it's like the survivor game. You know, America feels like survivor a little bit right now. But it's like, you know, you're just, I'm just trying to stay alive. I'm just trying to maintain. I'm just trying to make it through, you know. Yeah, there's seasons of that. But I'm telling you, God has given you enough resource, enough anointing, enough everything that you need for life and godliness that you can make an imprint. You can have impact here on planet Earth, and it'll last into all of eternity. It's there. There's a resource for you. For all of that. But, you know, woe be it to us if we don't tap into that resource. And we just live a meager, selfish life. And I believe that's a lot of why the American church, the Western church, is in the condition we're in. is because we've been consumed. We're consumers and we've been consumed with materialism, with feeding the flesh, with, with just, you know, we got caught up in it all. We forgot. What this was really all about, we're on mission. If you're here, you're on mission. Life is a mission. It's a mission trip. And the more we begin to see it as it really is, the more effective we'll be. We'll we'll be streamlined for the Lord. Cut away the fat. Cut away the excess. And be on target, on mission. Who wants to be some of that? Hallelujah. And so we're in a time where we see... 
you know, the biblical definition of life itself. Like, what is life? A baby, a heartbeat, a, uh, what, you know, what is marriage? It's, and, you know, what is male? What is female? It's all up for grabs. It's all changing so quick to the point where it's becoming the modern-day post-Christian religion. The religion, their virtue signaling, their virtue is about you got to believe like this and you got to accept everyone. You got to treat everyone like this. Otherwise, you're an evil bigot. Do you see what's happening? What's, what was once right is now being called wrong, and what's wrong is now being called right. How do, we, how do the righteous navigate such times? And so we see a push for, and this is, and, and what's amazing about this, I'm so glad we have the Bible. Who's excited that we have the Bible? What's amazing about this, it's concerning, but it actually lines up perfect with the Word of God. This one world push, you can see the push, the acceleration. We've known it's coming. We've read about it. We read Revelation, and, 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 but now you see the push for the one world government. You see, uh, uh, the, the, whatever you call it, the new world order. Um, they've been talking about it, but now it's in action, and, and you see it through whether it's passports of medical passports, vaccine, whether it's, whether it's uh, the, the one world currency. People say we're like a year or two away from the digital currency being just kicked on. And going back to the days of going, whoa, remember when we used to have coins and cash? And now every single transaction is documented. And these days are, are not far from us now. Though you can look at just, I was just noticing the activities of, of Pope Francis Lord bless him. However, I think that that man's in deep trouble. I think I think he's up to something that is 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 not good. The way he's hanging and courting with all the globalists and all this stuff, and and um, he's he said statements such as atheists atheists who do good are redeemed. I mean, forgetting the sacrifice of Christ. What's the point of Jesus, God sending His Son? If atheists can just be good enough. They'll be redeemed. This is a quote of, of the Pope, of the modern-day Pope, who's meeting with all the globalists and the climate change, and they're all coming together, trying to pull this thing together, meeting with the imams and trying to make a one-world government. This is happening, like, quickly. They're meeting, actually, this last week, they're over there having meetings again. And he says that God is not divine. is a direct quote of the Pope. Or... A magician. He's not divine or a magician. Go figure that one out. He denies the existence of hell. He said that a few times. He basically, he's a universalist, and he's setting up for this all-encompassing, all everybody come together. We'll just create a religion where everyone can get along. I was talking to, to a Muslim guy the other day, and I was saying, you know, they're trying to do a one-world government, you know, I mean, one-world religion, and uh, where they're going to bring Christianity and, and uh, you know, Islam and all these things together in one. I said, what do you think of that? He said, oh, that'd be great. That's what it's all about. I'm like, wow. But, so, you know, for a lot of religions, they don't have Jesus. And Jesus is an affront to the whole thing. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through the Son. So they're like, well, why don't we just lump it together and try to have peace and safety, peace and safety. That's what they'll be saying at the end. 
as they welcome in the, the Antichrist, peace and safety. It's for your safety. How many things have been done? How many freedoms have been lost in a year and a half over? It's for your safety. Show me your papers. The Pope said he would baptize Martians if they showed up. I don't know about that one. I'm not even going to say that. I'm just Lord bless the Pope. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, there, there is great evil in the earth, and it is manifesting. If you haven't figured that out by now, you're probably sleeping through this. It is manifesting. It's overt. You don't even have to hardly have discernment anymore. However, the, the bizarre thing about this is that many will be deceived. There'll be such great deception. And for, for those who, who, are, who are awake and reading the word and attentive to what God's doing, you go, are you kidding me? This is like so overt. It's in your face. And yet some people are just like lolling through it. Church folk. Church folk. Don't have a clue. Don't see what's going down on our time. So we have to count the costs. Times are changing. We don't have home field advantage, I don't believe, anymore right now, at least in America. They're not going to be cheering you. You're not going to come out of the tunnel to a thunderous applause. Does this make sense? But that's okay. That just means when you pull off a win and the, and the opponents land, <laughs> I mean, it's even better. It's like, yeah, come on. The... the, the, the <laughs> The power of the prince of the power of the air, he's, he surrounds the globe. We are in enemy territory if you're on planet Earth right now. And God's okay with that. He parachuted you in. You got a mission. We're going to get it done. So let's just talk about Daniel for a moment. I told you we're going to. Can it be done? Can it be done? Can, can, can a believer have impact and have faith and be a witness in a, in a pagan culture, in a, in a wicked culture. And so we see Daniel, I'm just going to paraphrase some of it here. But in the beginning, um, you see that because of Israel's obstinance and wickedness, really, uh, the Lord allows him to be overtaken by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and he besieges Jerusalem. He overthrows it, he takes it. And along with that, he takes all the gold that was once in the temple and he puts it in the treasure of his God. So it's kind of an atrocity, really. But this is the punishment that was offered up by the Lord, the judgment of the Lord on his own people because you want to be stiff-necked, hard-hearted people and play that with me? You're going into slavery. And so this is what they were uh, enduring at this time. And so these young teenagers, these young boys, we know them as Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Of course, they had Hebrew names as well, uh, but they switched. They tried to switch their names up, and, and uh, really, ultimately, um, they wanted to take extract all Hebrew uh, lineage and, and mindset out of them as they brought them because they were they were good-looking guys. They said they were young men that, without any physical defect, handsome, showing an aptitude of every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. So they, they actually said, we, we want these guys, we're going to train them to sing in the, to, to serve in the, in the king's courts. Um, and, and they were to be taught for three years, to be taught the language, the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine 
from the king's table, they were to be trained for three years, and they were, they were to enter into the king's service. So you see this story unfolding. These young men, they're chosen. They're being trained in the ways of the Babylonians. Uh, now, somehow, Daniel, uh, he had a standard within him. He was probably brought up with great God-fearing Hebrew parents, but he had a standard, and he said, and he got a strategy. See, it's one thing, it's one thing to have a standard. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm, you know, okay, you're a Christian. Well, how are you going to apply that to a wicked culture? And he got a strategy from the Lord, and he said, wait a second. I'm going to appeal with respect to my superior. I'm going to say, hey, you know, would it be possible if we didn't have to eat the king's food? Why? Because it was offered up to idols, to, to pagan gods. And he said, could, could we just have some vegetables, some water, and da 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 And he goes, just, and then just test us out. See how we're doing. Give us, you know, a little time. And the guy said, I'll give you 10 days. We'll see. And, and he, he agreed. And they get this, this strategy. And they come back and they compare them to those who are eating high on the king's table, wine and delicacies and meat and everything. And, and the Hebrew boys looked superior. They're like, wow, these guys are maxing out here. What's going on? And so... Um, and it says, that, so they, they win favor. Someone say favor. Okay, you can still have favor in the midst of a pagan culture. Okay, never, never factor out God's favor. Okay, it can come upon you. You'll be sitting in a dungeon and it comes upon you, right, right Joseph? Right? And all of a sudden, the favor of the Lord starts to activate and everything starts to change against all odds. So to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding and all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. How many people believe we need to have understanding of dreams and visions and interpretations, maybe more than ever, with the, all that's going down around us? Put up your hand if you say, Lord, I want that. I want that gift. Lord, please. Give it to us, Lord, wisdom and revelation, understanding of dreams and visions. And, it was, and they were found to be, watch this, 10 times better than their peers. 10 times better in learning and uh, in wisdom and understanding. And I believe there's an, there's an anointing that can make you 10 times better in this culture right here now, where you, you can't keep a good man down. You'll rise, you'll shine. Doesn't matter. They might try to frame you and talk about you and say, well, he still serves that, that old Christianity thing. I mean, that's like that, old, that old way. We've moved on. We've got a progressive faith now. We're moving. We're redefining. We're, you know, and, and yet there's some who will hold the line. See, here's the bottom line, what I think happened with, with Daniel, and it needs to happen with each and every one of you. All of us need to have a line. In the days we're in right now. Here's the line. I'm drawing the line in the sand. Here's the line. And I'm not going to cross it. No one can make me go past that line. Now, Daniel, you know, he was, he was receiving education. He probably received finances. He probably, you know, he, he worked for the kings. He became wealthy. He, there's a lot of things. He was participating in the culture. I'm, I don't believe God's telling us to run for the hills and go be the desert fathers. Go live in a cave like the, earth, you know, the early church fathers did. You know, there's some good writings that came out of that. But think of all, that, all that, that light that was put under a bushel. You know, when, when they could have been interactive in culture. Rubbing up against pagans and showing them the way. 
The most excellent way, the way of everlasting, the way of Jesus. Does this make sense? And so I believe what God's saying to all of us, every family, every, every married couple, every single person, you need to have a built-in inter- internal line that will not be crossed. When they come and they say, bow to the government. And all of a sudden, oh, oh, Shadrach, Meshach. They're like, wait a second. Now you're going too far. I did your education. I ate some of your food. I participated in this. I served there, da, 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 da. But now you've pushed it too far. Now you're trying to make me cross a line that between me and my God, I will never cross. See, because here's what's happening. They thought they could brainwash these young men. They thought they could just get all that commitment to God, the Hebrew God. Uh, They thought they could just wash it out. The programming, the education, the secular society, the pagan society. See, that's what's happened to our kids. A lot of people are just waking up to it decades later going, what happened to our kids and the education system? And these these people are are insane. They're, They're ready to be communists. What happened? And people are just waking up going, whoa, we weren't attentive. I mean, if you're, a, if you're a parent and you got kids, and if you're sending them to, a, I'd say if you're sending them to a Christian school or, a, or a, a public school, you need to talk to your kids. What did they teach you today? What did you learn? What was going on? What did you think of that? And, 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 and you see parents rising up in these school board meetings. Man, it, that should have happened probably decades ago. I always wonder whatever happened when they took prayer out of the school. Was there even a squeak out of the church back then? Was there, did anyone say anything? They're like, oh, okay. I guess, well, you know, the government says so. So we trusted the government for so long because we were, we were lulled to sleep by materialism. We bought into the, Ameri- the, the American dream. Well, a house and two cars, a picket fence. That as long as I have that, I'm good. I'm good. Are you good? Are we good now? Look what's happened. And I believe there's a great awakening. People are literally breaking the shackles of of apathy and indifference and, and, and patheticness. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but, <laughs> you know, I, I believe literally people are just waking up going, I'm not going to go down like this. I want to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to take a stand. I want to see God show up and deliver me. You, let's, read, let's read what he says here for a second here. I love what they say. They say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king when they're saying to bow down to the image of the king, the golden image of the king, and serve no other god. They have to bow to the government right here, right now. Everyone must do this or you're thrown into the fiery furnace. They say, they reply to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the god we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your image of gold that you have set up. Done. That was their line. And you know the story, the beautiful story, how Jesus shows up in the fire, they pump it up seven times hotter and all this stuff. There's a fourth man in the fire. And then the whole, he flips the script. The whole thing goes from demonic government worship and ultimate control and tyranny over all the people 
to flipping the whole thing where Nebuchadnezzar sees the fourth man. He sees them come out and they don't even smell like smoke. They're like, what is going on? And he, said, and he says this, Nebuchadnezzar says, praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses will be turned into piles of rubble and no other God can save, for, say, says, for no other God can save in this way. Then, watch this, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now, I want to suggest something to you here. We talked about favor. God surrounds us like favor, like a shield. His favor lasts a lifetime. Uh, I, I want to suggest, I'm not sure you're going to get that kind of favor in a pagan uh, culture unless you got a line that you're not willing to cross. What would have happened if they had crossed? They would have died with the rest of the pagans. They, they would have been miserable, compromised Christians who gave up on their faith. They used to once have a God, but now they're just, they're just for the sake of safety or peace or a pot of stew in this life. They just gave it up, and now they're just the most miserable creatures on planet Earth because they didn't hold integrity with their God. But they had a line that they wouldn't cross. And what happens? Favor comes on them and says, now promote them in all of Babylon. Same story with, with Daniel, right? In the, in the lion's den. Think of that. He had to face a, a distressing situation, no doubt. However, once the king sees, again, the deliverance of, of their God, he flips the whole thing. And, and those who were trying to frame Daniel and, and were... were were filled with jealousy towards him, they were the ones that were thrown in the lion's den. And at that point, the lion somehow uh, could devour, <laughs> but not with Daniel. Praise be to God. And Daniel had to be proven faithful in his prayer and his devotions. And to, uh, watch this, guys. This whole thing about going into hiding, I just think we've got to be really careful about that. You remember when the decree went out, said you can only pray, uh, pray to, to, I don't know, you can't pray to any other God. And then Daniel, who had been doing it all his life, he's 85 years old now. Nebuchadnezzar, long come and go. There's been like three different uh, emperors, kingdoms that have come and gone. And Daniel's still serving and, you know, and yet this great challenge at the end of his life. And what does he do? He opens his window. I'm, I'm not hiding. My God's been faithful to me all these years. He's promoted me. He's preserved me. He opens his window. Everyone's going to know who I serve. That's what I love about the boldness of the worship on Broadway. Just, just everybody is going to know who I proclaim. Woo, come on. And God's going to raise up a, a, a Daniel generation. He's going to raise up a people in the midst of compromise, in the midst of tyranny and insanity and deception and there's going to be a burning shining people like John the Baptist he must increase I must decrease with utter devotion to the Lord uncompromising unbending immovable always thriving in the work of the Lord 
Thank you, Jesus. Ten times better. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with favor like a shield. Thank you, Father God. Let's pray. Father, we didn't ask to be born in these times. In your sovereignty and your wisdom, you put us here. And we say thank you. Lord, I pray that you would give us a backbone. Give us boldness. Give us courage, Lord. While the world bows to fear. We pray, Father, that we be people of faith, mountain-moving faith. We trust you, Lord. We say, Lord, you're our, our supply line. Right now, we have things happening all across our land, all across nations. I'm just talking for a moment here. Where they're saying, bow or, or fire or be fired. Bow or be fired. Lord, we just pray that you'd strengthen those people of integrity who are called to take a stand for such a time, Lord. That we would even have a joy to say, wow, I get to have heroic faith in such times. I get to trust you to be my defender, to be my shield, to put favor on me that could transcend the odds that are against me. And never forget that God wants to flip the script. He wants to turn the whole thing that looks so decrepit, so dark, so demented. He wants to turn the whole thing and say, there's only one God. Serve him. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's the God of Daniel. It's the God of Paul and John. It's the God of Courtney and Austin. Candace and Dolores, Todd, it's a God of Robin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're honored to serve you. We're honored to lay down our life for you, Lord. We got nothing better to do than to pour in our life like a drink offering, Lord. Jesus. He's flipping the script right now. He's flipping the script. There's some words that Pastor Scott brought this morning that were highlighted in my spirit. Wow. During worship, I was standing here worshiping and the Lord said, hold the line. It's like, oh my gosh, I remember that word. That was, God gave me that word last year 
it was about uh, September last year, the Lord said, hold the line. And then I'm here, it was almost like a, you know, like a repeat, hold the line. And then you said it this morning in this message. Basically, this message to the church right now is to hold the line. That means hold the standard. And those of you that are watching online, hold the line. Hold your standard. Do not bow. Do not bow. Do you hear me? Do not bow. You do not bow to the standard of the world. You are the standard. Jesus Christ lives in you. That's resurrection power. He didn't go to that cross and have his flesh ripped and torn and tormented and all that he took on that cross for nothing. There is a powerful church arising and I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. You know you're powerful. So shake off any dead religion. Shake it off right now. Shake it off. Shake it off. You will not bow. There's a Daniel generation rising up and it's in you. In you. This is a hopeful word. There is nothing discouraging about this because there is a church that's arising that's so powerful, so filled with light, so filled with love. That's you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what sickness you, that has come upon you, no matter what kind of relationship issue that's happening inside your, your marriage or your friendship circle, no matter what the enemy's throwing at you, you are powerful. The righteous are as bold as lions. And I'm speaking to a church that's not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Not ashamed of Jesus. Jesus Christ. We are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. We are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to a bold church. And I want you to speak to yourself right now and say, I am bold and I am holding the line. I am holding the line. I am holding the standard. I am holding the standard. I will be a Daniel generation. I will be a Daniel generation. I'm speaking to you right now. The Spirit of God lives inside of you and shake off the world, shake off the old, and there's a renewal coming right now on you. As I'm speaking, I'm declaring God is arising in you. You are not powerless, stop it. Break it off right now if you've come into agreement with a powerless mindset. You are not powerless. God is in you. And the Holy Spirit, He came. He, he came and He's coming even now in a fresh way. Fresh way. Holy Spirit, would you just come in our midst? You are a spirit of truth. You're a spirit of counsel. You're a spirit of wisdom. Holy Spirit, just flood this church. Flood this church with your life and your love. Father, I thank you that you're making a, a church that's rooted grounded, established in your love, established in your love, nor height, nor depth, 
nor power, nor principality will ever separate you from his love. Oh Lord, oh Lord, let this church be a church of love. The church in Nashville be a church of love. The church that's coming across this nation of America and North America is a, is a church of love. Lord, let your love be so strong that it will remove all the darkness that's coming against the church. And I hear that there is the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Gates of hell will not prevail against you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. That was powerful. I just felt like I needed to share uh, exhortation, especially to speaking to a spirit that's over this nation and maybe even over the world that I think a lot of my generation and the younger generation has bought into. And I think this scripture in Jeremiah 6 describes the spirit really well. It says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. I'll read it one more time. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Now we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that we have a kingdom inside of us. It's at hand of righteousness, peace, and joy. But my generation, the younger ones, even those that are in the older generation that have maybe lost some of this, this fire for our nation, I feel like God is really shaking us to wake up right now. And it's really, really important that we don't just take a word like this and say, no, peace, peace. No, it's not a big deal. I don't need to worry. I don't, of course you don't need to worry, but there's this sleepy, I don't, I don't just, just it's, it's lies <laughs> that there's no issues. There's nothing going on. And all throughout Proverbs, you hear a father saying, or even mother saying, listen, my son, listen, listen. And I just want to implore my generation today, the young ones or the older ones that have lost their fire, we need to heed the word of the Lord today. Do not say peace, peace, when there is no peace. It's ignoring a problem. It's just trying to live in some fake, happy world. Yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, God, I pray that you would forgive us for ignoring the issues. Later in this chapter in Jeremiah 6, it says, are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen and they will be brought down. So God, we, we repent right now for any way that we've come into agreement with this passive spirit. This passive spirit that says, it's okay, sin isn't sin, it doesn't matter, it's all good, just be positive, just be optimistic. God, we repent. We wanna see things as you see them. I repent on, my, on behalf of my generation for saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. God, let us learn from the word of our father and our mother today in this church. 
Let us receive the word that you're releasing over this nation and not hide from issues. Let us not hide from issues. God, will you forgive us for hiding from issues? Help us to receive your word, God. In Jesus' name. I just wanted to, we're going to, wow, that was amazing. The Lord's here. He's speaking to us. Those who have ears will hear. I just want to take a moment, maybe Tim and Brittany, if you guys come down, come up, come up here. I have the privilege of uh, my, I guess you'd say second cousin. My cousin's youngest son and lovely wife here, and they have three children, and they came down. He come up right up here. Just want to introduce them. We want to pray over them. They came down from Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia, and uh, I got a lot of McLeods out there on the island, right? <laughs> and um, but we were kind of almost like shocked. We're like all of a sudden, you know, with the the border issues between Canada and. America, also, we get this little text from you going, hey, we're, we're coming down. Can we come visit? And we're like, what? How do, how do they do that? <laughs> how are you going to do that? You know? And uh, there's quite a story, that, them coming over the border. And it was the day they were starting to implement, um, I guess, vaccine passports and all this stuff that's going on. But I'm not going into it. Um, but the fact is they're here. And I just felt like, you, you guys are, first of all, uh, I felt like the Lord, you said you, you really are on a vision quest. God's going to speak to you and give you vision that you've been asking him for and, and answers and a download. And, and uh, I just feel like keeping your, your spiritual ears open and attentive and your eyes open. But there's, there's a real reason you're here more than just, you know, a break from the island for a moment, you know. And uh, I feel like I want everyone to pray with us as we cover them. They're here for maybe, I don't know, a month or two. We don't know. We don't know. And they're, they're really like that. They're just seeking God. And they just felt like the Lord said, go. And they had a little window and they went. And so let's pray. And uh, let's cover them. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that there's more uh, than they could ask or imagine that you have for them, prepared for them, Lord. And Lord, that you are stirring things. I feel like I just see the Lord stirring a pot, stirring the pot of your spirit, man. There's things that are stirring on this this journey in America right now. And and I just feel like the it's wisdom to let the Lord stir you. Let him stir you up. Let him add to, let him uh, take away what, whatever he's doing. But I've, I just believe that God has set you apart as a kingdom couple to really have impact, to really be a light, to really be a refuge for people. and uh, But it starts with your family, and I feel like there's there's a vision quest personally for you guys, and God will answer the questions. I, I feel like he's going to take the question marks and turn them into exclamation marks. And uh, I just feel like there's real clarity going to come, and there's 
there's a prophetic fire that's going to come upon you guys. I feel like never before, like you're going to hear the voice of the Lord. He's going to connect the dots and you're going to, you're going to see, it's going to be like the adventure of a lifetime. So Lord, we cover them right now. And we just thank you, Father, that you would just watch over them. We plead the blood of Jesus everywhere they go, that you'd order their steps and that Lord, you would provide, you provide, you'd Father, we just thank you. You will generously provide everything they need for this, this adventure of faith to just come, just kind of come down here. And uh, we just thank you, Lord. Just give them wings. I feel like the Lord said you're going to go back like eagles. When you go back, however you go back, or whatever it looks like, the Lord said this is part of transformation for the next assignment for your family. Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. All right. I'm just going to say this practically, but when I prayed about them being covered financially, I just feel like there's some people here that are going to sow into them. Even today, if it's up, God puts it on your heart, they're just here by faith. And and, uh, I just feel like if God nudges you in such a way, just, just go bless them. Bless them. Amen. All right. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just, uh, we heed the word of the Lord. We thank you for the power of worship and community coming together, Lord. We just pray everyone would be encouraged from the inside out, from the spirit man out, Lord, that you would just strengthen us, Lord, like only you can, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that we get to be the light in the darkness, Lord. We get to have impact and be effective in this life because you are with us and you'll never leave us, never forsake us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said...